Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, building the collective conscious. Show that's created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens here in the One Mic studio once again on this rainy day in Oklahoma. But you know what? Uh, it's going to be dry in here. It's going to be dry and hot. I have with me today. Uh, he's no stranger to the One Mic, One Voice show. He has been here before. He has delivered uh, critical analysis of topics that we have shared on this show. And today, folks, I, I know you've been following it online, um, which you should have been. And and it's been, um, what do I want to say, a very uh, disturbing time for education here in Oklahoma. But today I have my good friend, Dr. Paul Ketchum. He is an assistant professor of criminal justice for OU Extended Campus. Before teaching for the College of Professional and Continuing Studies, Dr. Ketchum was an assistant professor for the University of Oklahoma Department of Psychology. He received his Ph.D. in psychology uh, from sociology from Texas A&M University he, his research focused on racial attitudes and the impact of race on, on the juvenile and criminal justice system. Again, I said he, he teaches for the Department of Sociology. Uh, before pursuing his doctorate, Dr. Ketchum taught middle school and high school in inner city Los Angeles. So he has been where the rubber meets the road. And he's worked with at-risk juveniles in Texas. Doc, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, real quick, uh, um, sociologist, not psychologist. I know you yes. had it in there. Uh, I'm also with uh, PAX, uh, criminal justice and PAX over at OU right now. I was uh, before that with sociology. I also teach as an adjunct still for sociology. Wonderful. That's what I meant. Thank you for that correction, my friend. I, just, and, I was afraid somebody would be listening going, ah, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had this um, this house bill uh, 1775 that was signed into law, um, this uh, bill that uh, bans uh, critical race theory uh, being taught in Oklahoma. And I just want to, for reference, Oklahoma is not the only place, Idaho, Tennessee, North Carolina, and there's various bills throughout um, uh, the United States that are being uh, written right now to do the same thing. Oklahoma, Texas is working on one as well. So let's let's first of all talk about what is critical race theory. Sure, uh, uh, critical race theory. It, it's uh, it's rooted in started late nineteen eighties, early nineteen nineties, um, but much of it came out of this idea of we have this regime of of white supremacy, uh, of um, white privilege in society. Even though we have laws and constitutional guarantees of equal protection of laws and all this, we have, our reality is different than what the rules say is supposed to 
uh, how, how society is supposed to work, uh, how, how U.S. society is supposed to work. Um, so this critical race theory takes this critical uh, approach to, uh, to examining racism. Um, and it, it's really looking at, you know, progressive critical, uh, political struggles and, uh, you know, for, for racial justice in this case, and, and critiques of, uh, you know, how the legal system and, and even academic um, uh, work um, operates. We, we, we look at, from a, a critical race theory looks at the driving forces in racial inequality in, in, in the country. It looks at the systemic racism and looks to explain how that still happens. And what what are students taught when 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 because you teach critical race theory? What what are students taught? Yeah, and it's weird because if you had a chance to look at the bill or the law um, now, um, it's like a page long. It's a strange. Um, I mean, if it had been written in crayon, I would kind of you know, it would read about the same. It's just a really weird law. Um, and it it's supposed to be about teaching critical race theory, but we don't typically, except in very specific cases, most of us aren't specifically teaching critical race theory. We're teaching from that critical race theory perspective. This is our understanding. And the law actually is talking about, you know, we're not supposed to teach certain things. Um, unless you're teaching a high-level theory class, which I'm not, um, you're not actually ever technically teaching critical race theory per se. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that, that may be different for different, you know, um, professors and, and high school teachers and such, they may actually teach it as a unit. But for most of us, we're, we're using it as a tool to understand uh, and to help our students understand how race operates in society. Um, and that's what it's for. I mean, that's what the theories are all about, is, is a, a means of understanding, uh, you know, social interactions, in our case, in sociology. Um, so it, it, it's it's a strange, strange, stupid, racist law that's kind of weirdly simplistic. I I don't think it does either does what they meant for it to do, or they wrote it poorly so that it would be purely a symbolic action or mostly a symbolic action. And and I I think you know from. Number one, they don't know what critical race theory is. I mean, that's the that's the and I and I think you probably can tie a line that will connect what they have done back to what the former president, when he was talking about taking down the monuments and the statues and the rewriting of history, and uh, and this idea that somehow um, telling the truth of history as it relates to the present is problematic for those who are in the dominant culture. And so I, I think it's, it's a knee-jerk reaction, but I, I, I understand. I think it does exactly what they wanted it to do in the sense that um, it's, it's going to try to prevent uh, exactly the work that you're doing 
and uh, others are doing uh, out there. Um, and so uh, talk about critical race theory, a person that doesn't know uh, anything about it, because I'm convinced that a lot of people are not outraged because the, 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 the title means nothing to them. So right. talk about uh, critical race theory in a way that a layman person would, would understand. Sure. If um, the black population of Oklahoma City metro area is 10% and um, the Latino population is 15%, I'm making up numbers that are in the ballpark, but um, then you would expect to see 10% of your lawyers, 10% of your doctors, 10% of your prisoners, 10% of your prison guards, 10% of your professors, 10% of your janitors, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10% being black, you would expect race to not matter. And we, we live in a society that pretends that race shouldn't matter, that it doesn't matter. Or if it does matter, it's the minority's fault for it mattering. We pretend that we have true equality i i mean and <laughs> until trump and and his followers let their racist flags fly so prominently um there were people actually talking about how we lived in a post-racial society or one where race no longer matters and that's clearly not the case because any measurement of of equality um of of success of lack of success, you know, it, you have this overrepresentation of of non-white minority folks in 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 what we'll call euphemistically bad things, and an overrepresentation uh, over of, of non-whites in bad things, and an underrepresentation of non-whites in good things, an overrepresentation of whites in good things, and an underrepresentation in bad things, and from a critical race theory perspective, we're really trying to explain this, explain why this happens. Uh, you mentioned um, my my work, I think you did, um, or I was imagining you were talking about my work. I, either one's possible. Um, um, when you live in your own head. Um, so, but um, Mitch Peck, my co-author and I, he's a professor with sociology. Um, we have a book coming out on disproportionate minority contact, which is the overrepresentation of, of, of non-white youth in the juvenile justice system. And we focus on the Oklahoma City area. Um, and the common explanation for it is that non-whites, including non-white youth in this case, are just more criminalistic. Our research, which is consistent with other research, shows that there's no difference. Exactly. So what we end up with in the justice system is we have this small example, and I mean, numerically, it's very small of, of very criminalistic, high, high levels of criminality, violent crime from a small group in a certain area. And if they're black or Latino or Asian or Native American, we take that and we apply that to all of those people. So if you're a middle-aged black man driving down the road, you're treated as if you are this young criminal from this very small group. 
that, that it's high risk of crime, whereas I'm not. And this is where critical race theory comes into play. We're, we're examining the excuses we use, the, the reasons that we allow this to happen. Um, you know, black men and women are being shot too often by police officers being beaten um, and we're pretending it's because they've done something to deserve it somehow. They didn't, you know, do whatever ridiculous hoops they were supposed to drive, you know, jump through to, you know, you know, walking in your neighborhood while black, God forbid. Um, and, and so this is where critical race theory comes in to, to examine this kind of stuff. And I, I, I also, um, and, and thank you for, for pointing that out. I, I, I also, um, would like for you to talk about, because I, I think part of this bill wants to avoid those topics. It wants to avoid slavery. It wants to avoid all of those topics uh, so that students simply don't know. Well, the entire bill is basically a, a giant, you can't force us to learn about equal, inequality thing. I mean, that's what it is. I suspect, I don't know that this is true in any way, shape or form. I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't there when they were putting this together, but the timing really reeks um, where OU, after years of racial issues, of, of issues of, of racial discrimination, very public ones, um, has put together a program that requires all freshmen to take a class on diversity and they're looking to hire some big dogs you know i mean they're looking at really talented people to run this program i know they headhunted he he, he had to walk away because he got a great retention offer from university of connecticut but they they were headhunting my my good friend david embrick who's a really well known race scholar uh to run this uh, um, this program and, um, you know, I know they're looking at people equal to him or even better. Um, and all of a sudden, when we, when OU was finally doing something very positive about race, it's a big step for them. Um, all of a sudden, this bill comes up. My, my gut tells me someone somewhere was like, oh, oh man, we got to stop this. And I honestly think that this is what this is all about. And they kind of threw in some other stuff. So do you, so, so how do you think, um, OU is going to respond? I mean, I, you, you don't make they these decisions. Told us. I, I okay. can't, yeah, I can't speak for OU yeah. officially on this cause I'm not privy to a lot of what's going on. Um, but they have said publicly that they're still going to run the program, but they now just can't make it mandatory. They're going to just strongly encourage it. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what they're left doing. So it, it, it is a win for those yahoos who wrote the bill, you know, for those who want to pretend racism isn't around and, you know, they think that universities are and high school, excuse me, are all about, um, you know, trying to brainwash people. And it, 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 um, it appears to be an omission in an attempt to rewrite history and to oh, yeah. and to um and and and, and it is, and it's interesting because when i look when i canvass what this country has been through and the idea of uh every time there's been some 
semblance of um, progress, there's a pushback. And this is, I think, in the in the bucket, if we could say, of pushback along with voter suppression and new voter laws and purging of roles and so forth. This is another one in the toolkit to turn the clock back. And um, and we'll get into some specifics of the bill because I, I just want to you know get your comments on on some of that. But just just briefly, um, what would your advice be to you know teachers out there uh, in uh, high school and you know professors that that this has been the core of of their career in uh, infusing critical race theory into the curriculum. What advice would you would you give? I'm putting you in a dangerous spot, Doc, because I know (laughs) you're not. I'm I'm happy to actually address this to the best I can. Um, I would first see what your university or or high school superintendent or whatever the case is, if what their thoughts are, if they're going to back you or not, then because then you've got other decisions to make. OU has very openly said we've got your back. And I don't always trust large institutions on stuff like this, <laughs> but I kind of think they're going to do it on this one. Um, I mean, I really do. There are people there like um, the Dean of Arts and Sciences, David Rebell, um, who, who, you know, like me, middle-aged white guy, but he walks the walk. Um, and, and this, you know, pushing back against this kind of stuff matters. Um, and there are other people, you know, in administration. I, I, I mention him because he's very visible and vocal about it. And, and I know I can, you know, I'm not incorrect in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Worry about me saying this. And there are others who are more quiet about it, um, you know, for political reasons or whatever. But yeah, I think the university will actually back us if something happens. Um, school superintendents, I know Crooked Oak superintendent said, you do your thing. Um, uh, but check and see, you know, what, what is going on if you're out there teaching it. But as you look at the law, and we'll, as you said, we'll talk more specifically about the law a little later. But if you look at the law, you can still teach from a critical race theory perspective without running afoul of the laws it's written, as I understand it. It's just that poorly written. Um, and again, it's, it's, I think symbolic more than anything else, um, you know, with the exception of, of big programs like OU's, you know, new diversity program. It's just a way of saying, hey, you know, Trumpsters, we're, you know, we're still with you. We're still going to fight for white supremacy. We've got your back um, because that's what this is about. And 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 you're you're right on point. I mean, um, if it's. You know, it's hard for me to understand that um, anyone can come to a different conclusion when you're simply trying to uh, deny the experience in the life in the systems that are that were built upon uh, creating those experiences, uh, the knowledge to uh, students and and so forth. I know Oklahoma City Public School um uh, board has come out against this. Millwood um, School Board has also come out against this. I, I, you know, I, I think this is not an issue into a parent complaints. Yeah. That's, I, 
this is uh, in all likelihood a bunch of white guys sitting around the legislature going, how, how, how do we maintain control? How do we get our, our, our Trump base? Um, this is about populism. This is a, a very much a populist movement. And uh, if we have somebody out there who's, you know, an academic who's an expert on this area, because it's not specifically my field, but, but the populism has this tendency to embrace ignorance over expertise um, and, and to make people who don't want to learn about something, who want to stay safe and this is my, my comfort zone, um, they embrace that as being more informed than actual factual information or, or you know, expertise. Um, this is, this screams to me the end of our long Reagan era, that pushback that started with the election of Ronald Reagan, that pushback against the, the movement in the direction of more equality for minorities, racial, ethnic minorities, for women, uh, for, for other disadvantaged, discriminated against groups. Um, this seems to me to be the last, but also the most ridiculous rantings of that movement. And, and let's hope and pray that I'm right, that this is the end of it that we're seeing. Um, go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I said we're going to we're going to get into the bill. We're going to we're going to take a quick break and um, and we folks hang in there. We're going to get specifically in the bill and we're going to get to some of your comments as well. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Owens, host of the One Mic, One Voice show. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners all across the globe. Thank you for your undivided attention and for your conversation. You can catch us every Sunday on YouTube, 1230 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can also catch us on Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, on any one of those lovely, wonderful podcasting platforms you love to listen to. Please always remember, you can change the world. It's your choice. Welcome back, folks. We are talking about critical race theory. I have with me Dr. Paul Ketchum, sociologist. <laughs> Let me make that clear. And uh, we're talking about Oklahoma House Bill 1775. And um, we want to, uh, let me get to, uh, first of all, Arthur says, great topic. We appreciate that, Arthur. And I also, um, there's a, a comment here, uh, Doc, that says, um, 
from Learning Tree says, uh, is there even a curriculum for critical race theory for K through 12 education? Not that I'm, uh, uh, well, I guess it depends on how you define critical race theory. Um, I know there are people, I don't know a particular curriculum to refer you to, but I'm happy to, to do some quick legwork if they want to get hold of me. Um, I'm, I know there are people out there that, that have developed curriculums um, utilizing a critical race theory approach. Um, I don't know of any for kids that are specifically teaching critical race theory as a theory. Um, we just typically, whether it's the right way to do it or not, we typically reserve teaching particular theories to a little later in the educational system. Um, so depending on what they mean by that, um, uh, you know, that's probably my best answer. And I, and I think the, 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 to contextualize that, if, if you are talking about systemic racism, if you're talking about the uh, challenges that, that minorities have faced in this country and the systems in which um, I think they are oppressed by those, um, uh, those laws or, 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 or societal, um, as we want to say, constructs, then you're really teaching critical race theory. And I think the, uh, the question might have been more of a um, more, is there a, a, a basic design that teaches uh, the theory of it? And, and I would assume that they're, they're yeah, probably I, I, I don't I don't have one off the top of my head, but I'm really easy to find online. Yeah, give us, um, give us uh, how, how can they get in touch with you, Doc? I think they can email me at OU. Um, it's P. Ketchum, P. K. E. T. C-H-U-M at O-U dot E-D-U uh, and or just Google me. I show up. Um, you also answer Messenger too on Facebook so they could. Yeah, I do. Could. Uh, yes, that's right. You can get hold of me on <laughs> You and I talk quite a bit on Messenger <laughs> right. um, uh, and sometimes on your page too quite a bit. Absolutely. Um, we've been known to join forces in discussions more than <laughs> once. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean I'm happy to talk to people on an individual level, this is, this is what I do. This is, yeah, I do this cause I really, it's important. You know, uh, I, I enjoy working with people. I enjoy working with like-minded progressives who are trying to make a difference. I, I wish I had a program to just give them, but honestly, that's the kind of thing I'm happy to do some legwork and, and help them find something. Absolutely. So just get a hold of me. Great, great, great. I want, I want to turn to the bill now, and I just want to point out a couple of things that stood out to me that uh, maybe I'll work my way back here. The, the bill is going to be effective July 1, so that's something we need to be aware of uh, as well. But uh, let, let me work my way back here with some of the points. It says any individual should not feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race or sex. So what, what, so what are they trying to point to on that particular point? I, I think that, that white anxiety has reached this, what, you know, white fragility is, is, uh, you know, I saw the book, uh, the latest term, but, we have these different terms for this, for, for 
uh, and the next term should probably be white freakout. I don't know. It, it's people get kind of really nervous about how do we, you know, uh, how dare you make us feel guilty for enjoying advantage, whether we mean to or not. Um, and it's hard to, as a white person, um, momentarily and probably unfairly speaking for other whites, it's hard to feel guilty all the time about white privilege. I think what happens is a lot of people get tired of it. Um, they shouldn't. It doesn't change the fact that we have this advantage. But I think this really rings strongly with whites. Um uh, you know, I'm quite happy in my life and there's just no acknowledgement of, you know, what what we can do comfortably is taking, at the same time, takes away from others. We, we can feel comfortable driving down the road and not worry about being pulled over. Or we know that if we apply for a job, we're more likely to, to get the job. I, this is one of those things where... I know you're familiar with, with the late Deva Pager's work, uh, The Mark of a Criminal Record, but this is where Mark of a Criminal Record was brilliant in pointing out white privilege, where it showed, um, and it's freely available online, folks. Um, um, Deva Pager's The Mark of a Criminal Record. Um, but it, it shows that uh, young black men with a... Um, without a criminal record, without a felony record, were less likely to be offered entry-level jobs, stock workers, stuff like that, than were white men with a criminal record. I mean, when they're saying we shouldn't feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress, I mean, we're enjoying that advantage. Um, you know, if you're a, a young white guy with a prison record, you've got a better chance of getting a job than a black man without a prison record, and that's an unskilled laborer job. Um, and that tells us something, and, and I don't know that what we keep focusing back and forth on is whether we should feel bad about enjoying that privilege or not, and that's I don't think that's the point. I think the point is we have to acknowledge it and then do something about it. It's not in that I have that privilege that I need to feel bad as if I don't do anything about that privilege to push back against that privilege. Yeah, I should feel bad about that. Um, but again, these, whoever wrote this has this kind of skewed view of the world and white supremacy as being normative here uh, mm -hmm. and they don't want to say it out loud they want to play the victim so when you, you you know when when everything bounces your way and then you pretend that you've been the victim that's a little problematic and and when it's pointed out to you this is them saying we're not supposed to feel bad about that mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to point that out to us and and i also think it's uh it's it's very uh, hypocritical when minority folks have uh, been in distress and the anguish and their culture has completely been omitted and they have been victimized and oppressed for, for you to turn around and say, 
you know, not you, but you know what I mean, for for the authors of this bill and those who support this to turn around and say, we just don't want to feel bad. We don't want it. This yes. this information makes us feel guilty. And uh, but 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 what about those who are suffering? I mean, the reason that to teach this is to ensure that future generations are not in this situation and that people are educated as well. And then, hey, Doc, this other one says here, uh, an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. So you can't teach accountability uh, Uh, according to this bill, so you can't talk about uh, the Civil War and 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 the fact that uh, white supremacy uh, was was the reason behind that superiority, and that it was a given race that uh, perpetrated that. Under this, you couldn't teach that. Well, this is in defense of the people who are out there screaming the Civil War was a about Southern cultural pride. No, it was. In fact, most states said it was about slavery. I mean, wrote it out. But, you know, and again, this is, this is all about denial. Um, at some level, there's something positive in this law accidentally in that it shows that the pressure from critical race theory is having some effect. Uh, the fact that they're reacting big to things like critical race theory um, is, I mean, I wish they weren't, but it at least says something where you're seeing this pushback. We're seeing, um, you know, film and TV industries doing stuff that they never used to do where, you know, we see, interracial relationships without making a big deal out of it so often. Now we see more often, and we're not there yet, but we're seeing a concerted effort um, to to normalize um, racial differences as if, you know, they're, they're, everybody's um, less different. Um, and, and I think it's freaking out a lot of the, the the Trumpers and I'm kind of okay with them being freaked out about it. I mean, I hate this law because it makes our job much harder or that much harder at least. Um, but again, I don't think it's going to change a whole lot in the state. It'll slow down things like, you know, the program at OU to teach diversity to all incoming freshmen. But I don't think it's going to do much at the individual level, I, I I don't think most of us are walk into the classroom and say, you know, hey, if you're white, you need to feel bad. I think we point out what's going on, and then your reaction to feel guilt from that or not. I mean, maybe you're, you know, maybe you don't empathize with others. Yeah, yeah. But that is something that that each individual is going to either feel or not. If if they are feeling discomfort with white privilege, then we've done our job right, but we didn't do it to make them feel discomfort. We did it to objectively show them how society operates, or in this case, how race operates in society. Um, Our goal isn't to brainwash anybody, to indoctrinate anybody. Our goal as educators, as it's always been, 
is to teach students how to think critically and how to weigh objective facts and come to a rational conclusion. This law is an attempt to to stop that process. And 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 I think um, not to, not to cut you off, Doc, but to add to what you were saying, this idea of um, another assault on truth, really, on on reality, on on facts versus another narrative that um, I think so. I shouldn't say so many, but there is a large number in this country that simply um, don't want to discuss truth. Uh, they have their own facts about what happened in history, what is happening in the present day, and this is attack. And I also think that these politicians and, and those in leadership across this country, when they saw white people pulling on those monuments, when they saw those Black Lives Matter uh, movement uh, or, or I want to say protests, and they saw on some of them majority were white people, and I'm going to use your term, it freaked them out. And they said, you know what, we have to do something about this because if the truth gets out, then, as you said, um, that's the time of decision. If you have no empathy, then you just move on. But, but clearly there's enough people in this country that are empathetic, and when they hear the truth, they're, they're disturbed by it. And this is an and attempt to prevent it. I mean, it, it took, you know, if we go back a few years to the Rodney King beating at the hands of police and, and other way too many documented ones, um, you know, which are just, you know, the tip of the iceberg for what's happened. But it took people seeing this. It took the world witnessing via video the murder of a black man as a police officer purposely knelt on his neck and cut off his air until he died. The, 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 the purposeful murder of a guy who hadn't done anything particularly wrong. I mean, just, you know, death penalty for, what was it? Selling cigarettes or something. It was for uh, supposedly a counterfeit $20 bill. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, they, they're, they're, and what's weird is there's so many of them. I know you, you're talking you about Eric Gardner. That, uh, yes, I know, yeah, you can, it, it, there's so many of yeah, these that are just it's, so absurd. Yeah, it's, it's you horrific. Know, were you, you know, a, a kid using a toy gun, which clearly has a Mark Red barrel getting shot. Just, Rice. All, of them keep, all of them keep coming together and we keep doing this and we want to pretend it's not differential treatment. If this was happening to white people, the world would blow up if police departments treated whites the way they treat blacks. There's just about every major and mid-sized department has done a study now on traffic stops, race and traffic stops. And I've looked, I finally quit. We were just looking for a bunch for our, just to make some points in our book. And I quit after about 80 or so. Every single department found that blacks were stopped at a much higher rate than whites were, just traffic stops. And every single one of them also found that blacks were less likely to have any kind of contraband than whites were. 
I don't think blacks, in fact, I know blacks aren't any different about criminality than whites are. It's just no difference. But blacks also know they're more likely to be stopped. So you have the opposite of what, you know, the police think is happening going on. We keep proving it, but nobody wants to really do anything about it. We want to kind of mention it. I had some officers who were, you know, kind enough to come into my one of my classes and talk about Black Lives Matter. Uh, I, I, Mitch Peck and I teach a class on, on policing in the era of Black Lives Matter. And um, we had some officers from Oklahoma City PD come in literally weeks before the protests in Oklahoma City. And they're all telling us, ah, Black Lives Matter gets along great with us. We don't have any racial problems here. <laughs> um, and some of them were taking pictures with Black Lives Matter protesters. And then the same ones were later. Not the, and these were not, to my knowledge, the same ones that were in my classroom. But um, you know, but but some of the same officers who were taking selfies with protesters earlier in the day were, you know, beating them or pepper spraying them or you know whatever the case was. Later on, uh, um, it's just it, it's it's those last gasps of of pushing for for the continuation of white supremacy. And I, I think enough people, I think we're hitting that critical mass where enough people are are saying enough, uh, much like what happened in the 60s, 50s and 60s. And I think the, 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 the pushback is even uh, going to be stronger with these states, basically just a copycat of what's happening in other states. And, 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 and this, this, this point here, this first point, it says no teachers or administrator uh, should be should be doing these things. This applies not just to, um, um, you know, the university, but it applies to charter schools, even virtual charter schools. Um, that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. I mean, in other words, you you can't talk about white privilege. You can't talk about white supremacy. You can't talk about any of these things because. Um, in the end, you're going to make somebody feel bad. Well, you, you also have to remember, these are the same people, the people who wrote this, are the same people that keep telling us that blacks, Latinos, Native Americans, Asians are advantaged in society and whites are disadvantaged. So they, these are the same people, and we have surveys that show this, and these are the people that think that it is a disadvantage to be white in society, even though there's no numbers that support that at all. Nothing does. But in their war warped world where the, the bullies, the victors are the victims, this is what they think is going on. So they, honestly, I, I'm sure they're thinking, they're sitting here going, those critical race theory people are telling us that whites are are bad and and blacks are good and Latinx are good and Asians are good, but whites got to remember whites are bad, and that's not what anybody I'm aware of does, and that's not consistent with critical race theory. We're looking at at societal level patterns here. We're teaching about what I mean. This is why. Implicit bias training doesn't work for police officers. Race is not about individual beliefs. It's about systemic racism. 
It's about how the whole system works together in all of these different ways to, to reinforce racial inequality, um, to advantage whites. And this is, these are people who are taking this critical race theory as a threat to their, to their white privilege and, and, because it's a threat to the white privilege, they think it's attacking them. And I suspect they genuinely believe this. It doesn't change that they're wrong, but I suspect that they genuinely believe this. So so I, what, what would you say to a white male? Because what, what, I, what I've seen uh, in, in the modern movement to, um, to fight against the atrocities that are happening uh, to women, to uh, black and brown people in this country, the majority in the, if we want to, you know, I hate even calling, uh, saying a white race because we know that's constructed and what does that mean? But uh, the majority are, are women that, that, that are engaged, that are speaking out, that are uh, becoming allies in the movement. What would you say to a white male, you are, you're a white male and you're progressive and you have been teaching these things, but to the conservative white male that would listen, what would you say to them um, about uh, their understanding and approach to not necessarily critical race theory, but to um, race racism in in general uh, systemic racism what, what 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 would you say to them when they say it, it you know i'm disadvantaged and it, it you know and uh they everybody's equal and and everybody has the same rights what would you say to them that the way you've set that up they're not open to learning um i'm going to give off topic but but and uh, an analogy. Um, I have three cousins who are siblings and out in California, very hardcore Trump supporters. Um, and these three all got COVID a few weeks back. One of them passed another one, uh, from COVID. Another one, um, is slowly recovering, but she, she was intubated and, She's still having all kinds of problems. And a third one was in bad shape, but never hospitalized. The one that survived is still on. She's just back on, on social media. And um, as she's telling her tale, and I, I spoke to her recently, um, her son has been vaccinated. They're all anti-vaxxers. She apologizes on social media for her son being vaccinated, but explains that he was forced to do it because he works for a school district. She's still anti-vax, even though she just lost her brother and hopefully will make it herself, but that's not clear at this point. Um, People get stuck on these worldviews and reality, her brother dying in this case, doesn't always mean that you're going to break through that worldview. So for, you know, my fellow white males out there, uh, you know, when I teach classes, I always start with very basic what I did with, with this program, you know, the, the, you know, the 10%, 10%, 10%. 
because that's the most clear example that most people can relate to. They will, you know, it doesn't take a lot of looking around to realize, you know, that, that whites are overrepresented in areas and blacks are underrepresented. But if a person doesn't want to learn, there's nothing you can do about it, nor do I think we should have to. I think what we do is we take the people that get it and we continue to push back and we'll have more get it as, you know, there'll be those who are open to learning who will learn, but I, I think it's, I, I think it's very likely that, that those people who are so afraid of racial equality that, they're still going to be afraid of it, but I think they'll eventually shut up when there's enough social pressure to shut up. Um, we've just, we opened, you know, I think part of Trump's strategy was to make it acceptable to say things that we never used to say, to say them out loud. Um, and that's been the tool. I don't honestly think Trump is that big of a deal anymore. I think what the problem is, is the progressive movement, the progressive, the populist movement that he got going where, you know, you, you embrace um, uh, misinformation, lies, uh, you know, you, you pick things just because they're the opposite of what your, what others would want. Um, you know, it, it, for, for those who, you know, for our legislators who wrote this stupid ass law, uh, that's a technical um, academic term. They're stupid ass. Um, <laughs> but that for for those guys, you're not going to convince them unless there is some cost to them for not embracing it. Um, I, I think the same is true with you know with police. I think if we make police responsible. If we are able to hold police accountable, you're going to see a lot fewer attacks on blacks. Yeah, I, accountability. It, I don't know if you've changed their minds, but yeah. you're going to sure as hell change their actions. Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I think that um, you know, with, 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 without accountability, people do not know limitations, and they will go as far as their own mind will take them. Um, in closing, in closing, Doc, I appreciate you sharing, um, you know, not just what you're doing, but but your ideas. So you I mean, one thing that stuck out to me, because I, I do believe that uh, we're going to have some some chat next school year. We're going to have some challenges um, to 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 this this law, not challenges to overturn it, because I just don't think we have that, that type of leadership in, in Oklahoma. We're too fragmented and, and too siloed to come together to to, to do anything um, that would that would decodify, I say, this this law. But but I, I believe that there are going to be some parents that are going to in, in the Edmonds, uh, in the Moors. There's going to be some parents. Uh, I don't know necessarily on the university level, but but I I think you're going to have some parents that are going to going to heat the school boards up, and yeah. uh, and so, but you you seem to think that there's ways around this, and it still can be taught. Can you share yeah, that I mean, just I'm, in closing? I'm, 
I'm not a lawyer, although I've talked to one about this. Um, it's there's not a lot that's enforceable in this thing. I don't, and we don't know yet yeah. if they're going to try to enforce this law to any degree. Um, my guess is they're if they if they do try to, it may just be one of those laws where they put it out there and and it's kind of you know some some. Some parents will yell, some students will yell, stuff like that. I mean, you're right. We know for a fact that there's going to be some kid at OU who videotapes his or her professor and, you know, tries to blast them publicly saying, look at what we're, look at what they're teaching us. And, 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 um, and there'll be high school students in, well, we've had it happen. You and I were talking about it before the the broadcast, I think. But um, you know, Norman High School a few years back had a Norman North had a um, a teacher who was a very popular teacher who was was teaching from a critical race theory perspective, and some student videotaped him in class, and it goes right to this section you were talking about earlier. You know, he's talking about how as as whites we bear responsibility, and he's white teacher um as whites we bear responsibility for white privilege and her she videotaped showed her parents and her parents went ballistic um on the plus side the entire school came out and supported the teacher and the then superintendent was fully backing him um but you're going to get those challenges i just don't know what the justice system is going to do with it if they do go after it i'm probably the best test case um because i teach race in college um plus i teach um concurrent enrollment in well starting this fall two high schools um crooked oak and and uh, star spencer um and i teach from a critical race theory perspective i'm teaching social problems this fall in both classes but i'm not teaching the you know specifically critical race theory, um, I, you know, I, 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 I'm as good a test case as anybody is. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I can, I qualify retirement. I hit a rule of 90 here in a couple of years. So, I mean, if they want to use me as a test case, I'll do it. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think it'll honestly come to that because it's so indefensible. I think the courts will slap it down pretty quickly. And my gut tells me they'll do it under, under first amendment. Um, and that's what my lawyers seem to think too. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that, that protected speech, um, um, argument as well. So, Hey, you know, um, again, I want, I want to, I want to thank you for, uh, taking the time to come on one mic, one voice. We always Always love pleasure. Always love having you here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue this conversation because I I, I know um, as we move into the fall, uh, there's going to be some 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 uproar about this, and and I want to I, I you know once once you get back in the swing of things, I I, I probably want to pick your brain and and see how you are navigating through it in the conversations that you're having with others in the field that are doing this uh, as well. Um, just one more time, uh, Doc, if you could give out your, um, your contact information, that would be great. Oh, sure. Uh, it's P Ketchum, P K E T C H U M 
at ou.edu. And as I said, you can always catch them on social media. So um, yes, I'm 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 easy to find. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, and you know, next time we we catch up. If I'm in an orange jumpsuit, you know that I was partially wrong on some of this. Some, some of my predictions hey, were a little hey, astray. Hey. So, you know, we may end up appealing to your listeners for, yeah, I don't know, bail money or something. <laughs> hey, I got I got, I got, got a little stash back, uh, Doc. I, okay. I'll, I'll be down there to come get you. But, but thank you so much. You know, uh, history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the into the archives of our time and what will she find will she discover that we overcame our differences will she find that out of many we became one or will she find that we solved nothing and remain a divided peoples yes history will speak of us we can make a difference if we try we can be the change that's in our lives all we gotta do is work together We gotta raise our children better We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate And spread the love One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show. Take a moment and subscribe and share. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platform. Thank you for your continued support and for your voice. You can change the world. It's your choice. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the One Mic, One Voice show are not the views, thoughts, and opinions of our sponsors.